Hey everyone, and welcome to the Darkcast. This is episode number 229, and I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. In this episode, Brian Tyler joins me as we continue Meet Dark Station once again. And uh, this week we have Joel Zerlup, uh, CEO, editor-in-chief, and owner of Dark Station on the show with us. So we have a great conversation uh, about the history of Dark Station as well as video games, obviously. Thanks for listening. Now on with the show. Well, we are we're back once again. Uh, we're we're almost sort of winding down. Meet Dark Station here. Uh, we've only got a few episodes left to go, uh, but uh, we've got a cool one, possibly cooler than normal. We've got Joel Zerlip on the show with us, owner, CEO, uh, editor in chief. Probably we can probably throw some other like sports three editor. Other things. It's sports um, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah sports, sports editor. editor. Yeah, sports uh, editor. Absolutely. Also, it- yeah, no, yeah. a former uh, part of the Dark Cast as well on a <laughs> weekly basis. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, if, if, if you listen to the show, I've been on many times. So you have uh, it's good yeah. to be back. I'm excited to do this. I've been listening to all of them, so I feel oddly ill prepared after listening to all of them because I feel like I just <laughs> confound my answers to all the questions. Like, do I, I? Every time I listen, I feel like I have a different answer to each question. Um, that's right. That's fair because every time you listen, I've probably asked it in a different way. That's so. true. <laughs> or, or Jonathan leads them down a Bioware answer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Especially the, the last episode. If anyone listened to the one with Jonathan Paris, it really was just half Bioware, half was, Jonathan Paris. It was. <laughs> and I, I apologize. Like at one point in the you show did. for that. <laughs> And then, like, I think you also went, like, right after that on, I think it was, like, a Knights of the Old Republic rant, so... <laughs> well, he started that one. Yeah, he yeah. started that one. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, honestly, I, I'm just going to say, I'm kind of proud of myself that I've hold, held in the Bioware Witcher talk as much as I have. Like, it could be worse. I can almost it's... guarantee this is probably the end of that conversation for the yeah. rest of this episode. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Control that kind of thing. Oh, uh, I, I can. I feel. I feel like I have too much power. It's a little scary. <laughs> well, how how are you doing, Joel? I'm great. I'm great. I'm uh, happy to be on. I'm uh, a little nervous to be on. To be completely upfront and frank, like I, I've done this podcast probably 150 episodes or so, but uh, the pressure, the spotlight's on me now, and it's uh, it it's weird. It's uh, it's fun though. It's a uh, it. You know, I was looking at Dark Station and I was doing some Google searches and I, I sent Brian something right before we started, which was uh, Telltale did this accolades trailer for Batman, their, one of their series. And mm-hmm. uh, it's always just so cool seeing other sites linked to us and seeing like all the great work we're doing throughout the Internet. And it's kind of surreal sometimes. I remember uh, speaking of Batman, I was on the treadmill in the morning and I saw a Batman ad and I texted uh, Brian and I was like, oh my god, I just saw Dark Station on a freaking commercial on ESPN. And it was like yep. one of those moments where you're like, whoa, like we've, we're, we're kind of doing something here. And we've it's, arrived, uh, our name is next like... to Batman's. Yeah, on ESPN. <laughs> that, that was, I was like, okay, I'll take that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They could use whatever quote they wanted if I'm in a Batman commercial, <laughs> that's fine. Brian's like, they can make up a quote if they want. <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. If they want to make, just make it sound nice and attribute it, I'll sign off on it. That's, this will be the only time I will ever give that kind of, of leeway. 
Game of Thrones, no way. Batman, okay. Yeah, I'm okay <laughs> yeah, with yeah, that. Totally, yeah, totally, exactly. Yeah. You know, Walking Dead, whatever. No, no, I want to prove all those. Batman just fucking put some shit on there, throw a four or five, and you're fine. It's, it's, a it's good funny. One. So, and yeah, that's, that's, that's the quote right there. Fucking put some yeah. shit on it. And <laughs> put it like, on there and Darkstation.com. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny, too, because uh, Telltale doesn't do a ton of accolades trailers. Uh, in fact, like uh, Game of Thrones, they didn't do one. I don't think they did one for season two of The Walking Dead. But uh, Batman was one of them. And I, I mean, there couldn't be a better one for Brian. They get some uh, credit for and some uh, spotlight on. So it's cool. It's it's fun to see that kind of stuff pop up around around the Internet and stuff. So it makes what we do a lot more fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Joel, what what do you do when you're not either playing video games, um, you know, being the, the editor of sports, all sports in general. Just, just he's editing my own um, stuff, but yeah, yeah go ahead. And, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, just uh, kind of taking, you know, doing stuff on the, the site and overseeing all that. What do you, what do you do besides that? I, yeah. I mean, I wish that was a full-time gig, but as uh, successful of a site as it, as it is, uh, I do have a day job. I work for an electric company. I'm a project manager for uh, Southern California Electric Company, so I oversee some risk management stuff there, which uh, is probably as boring as that kind of sounds, but the idea is to make sure people's lights stay on. So, um, In fact, I think uh, Rom on the site also does something very similar uh, in his job, so kind of interesting but it has nothing to do with video games uh but i've been doing this on the side dark station on the side for quite a while now so uh, it's been a big part of my life for a long time and so I, I, outside of work and when i'm not uh, burning the midnight oil for work i'm uh, working on dark station so it, it's something to keep me level-headed as i do my normal eight to five sure. day job um it's definitely something I absolutely love, uh, but uh, also nice to have a job to pay the bills as well. <laughs> that is true. That yeah. is true. Uh, but it, it's amazing how the stress of working with Dark Station can help keep you sane with the other stress of like things right. you don't want to do. Uh, right. I think it's 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 quite amazing. I mean, especially even like this and some of the other kind of crazy big things that we've done on the site. Um, I've I've definitely burned the the wick at both ends and people are like why are you doing this they don't pay you i'm like yeah but i want to so leave me alone <laughs> yeah it's funny. it's funny uh i have yeah exactly i have no problem staying up super late editing reviews scheduling reviews getting a text from brian saying his telltale review is up like 30 minutes before the embargo like that kind of stuff i love like i yeah. i would wake up at any point of the day to do that you know and um i think that's what makes doing this so easy like it's doesn't feel like work to me where work as much as I love the people I work with and the stuff I do like it's still work and uh, I, I've you know I I've been doing this for so long I always thought like at some point for Dark Station I'd burn out but like I get reinvigorated so much by just the little things um, the accolades trailer for Dark Station or you know uh, one of the PR reps that we've done a review for just saying thank you for you know talking to us like you guys doing an interview, we get thank you notes all the time just saying, hey, thanks for doing this, you know, and um, uh, whether it's on Twitter or through email and stuff, it's uh, it's those little things that make this so much fun. And uh, what a better industry to like just to hang out with and see what it's changed so much since I've started doing this that um, it makes it exciting. So uh, I, I, it's it's not work to me. It's something I, I love doing and I don't see stopping anytime soon. Awesome. 
Now, um, I haven't really asked anybody else about the history of Dark Station um, because yeah. Yeah, nobody else would know that. <laughs> but um, yeah. and I, I know that I I know you kind of explained it the last time we did this yeah. exact same thing here, but that was like I don't know four couple, years ago. So well ago, yeah. What walk us through kind of uh, your your tenure at uh, at yeah, DarkStation.com. So... So I started out as a writer in Dark Station in 2002, 2003. Um, that was after I did some stints of writing other places, uh, some PS2 and Xbox-specific websites. Back in the day, actually, um, Dark Station started out as a PlayStation-focused, thus the station at the end of the name. Um, and it's kind of funny how that's changed. I don't, You don't see many console-specific websites, but uh, back then... I actually worked for an Xbox-specific website, and I worked for a PS2-specific website, um, and I came to DarkStation, and I said about three months in, like, hey, why don't we just start covering everything? And, uh, yeah, so it was run by a guy named uh, Rizal. He's actually from Malaysia. Um, we had more of a European focus when I joined, and I said, hey, can I head up the North American stuff, which basically just meant I was reviewing stuff for the U.S. And uh, those guys slowly, you know, got jobs and lives and started moving on. And fast forward about six, seven years. So that was, I think the site started in September of 2000. I think I purchased it uh, from Brazil and Malaysia somewhere in, gosh, 2008, 2009 maybe. Um, we staffed up a little bit. Uh, and it wasn't until about you when Jonathan you joined was when we had kind of our big hiring spree and where we really expanded from a four or five person kind of operation to what we are now to about 20, 25 writers at any given time, mm -hmm. which is just insane. It is literally insane to see like our distribution list every week uh, when we send out um, kind of what's going on on Dark Station to our editors. But yeah, so it started out as a ps2 website we expanded to all platforms and uh i guess the rest is history we were we've always focused on reviews um the dark cast actually started out i don't know if i've ever told you guys this but it started out as like a 30 episode joel's dark cast um was the original title of the podcast okay it was a 20 minute really? show that yeah so it was a 20 minute show that i did uh weekly and i got picked up uh at a local newspaper uh, they found out about me this was gosh 2007 2006 maybe um and uh, ended up actually going to work at a radio station for about a year doing a video game show um and stopped doing the podcast and we didn't start the podcast again till uh right around when jonathan you joined the show so um yeah, so it started out as a 20-minute just me doing a podcast, and then I did a radio show, which was an hour long every Saturday for about a year nice. um, yeah, during college. I, I, you, had, you had mentioned that you had done radio before, but I never knew kind of how that, where that fit in in the, uh, the, the history of, of things. Sort of, sort of random. I, yeah, I got an email from a newspaper in uh, SoCal asking if they could do an interview with me about podcasting because they had never heard of it. And... <laughs> uh, this is kind of like right when podcasting started, and so they did this article. It was on the front page of that newspaper, and then about a week or two later, a radio station in um, the Inland Empire in Southern California called me up and asked me if I wanted to do a radio show for them on Saturdays. They had an open slot from, I think it was 11 to 12, um, and I think I was on 
before a cooking show and I think I was leading into like a gardening show. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it was an eclectic, uh, actually it was kind of like a crazy right-wing radio station on the weekdays, but they had a very eclectic uh, group of shows on the weekends. And uh, so I did that for about a year. Um, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, the dark cast then came back, I think in 2009 and, or no, was uh, it 2010, 2011 is when you joined. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, 2011 we, was uh, when we started. We joined up with um, uh, what was what was Michael Perry? Yeah, Michael Perry's website. What was it? Because they had just a podcast. Oh, no yeah, um, I have no idea. Oh God, that's. I used to know the answer to that, but uh, so, yeah, we, we basically <laughs> absorbed another website who just had a podcast, and and that was on purpose too. Yeah. I, I was actually doing a ton of searching for literally just video game podcasts because I wanted to get the Darkcast going again. I I really missed doing it. I had this beautiful blue mic that I never used anymore, <laughs> so I figured let's get something, and I uh, found them and came over, and that only lasted what twenty five episodes or so, or twenty episodes before you took over. So yep. Um, yeah, that, that I, was because that was because Michael was crazy though, and he started his own company and had a child at the same time. I remember that, and just thinking like that. Wow, you're insane. brave. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, his wife ended up starting her own uh, business not too short, not too long oh, wow. after too. So, uh, yeah, and you know, it's. Uh, I'll probably say this a hundred times during the podcast today, but I am so appreciative of like everyone that's done stuff for dark station. Cause this is a volunteer website and the amount of great stuff we've been able to do is, is honestly, it blows my mind all the time. So, um, yeah, it, it just looking, I was doing some kind of digging on old, uh, versions of the website and all the transitions we've done to new software and new styles and all sorts of stuff throughout the years and, um, looking at all the different designs and stuff. And it's, it's crazy how far we've come and crazy how many different places we could still go. So um, excited for the future, but uh, we've also had a long history. I mean, we're going on 17 years of being in existence, which is uh, not something a lot of websites can say. Indeed. Indeed. Well, that is, that is awesome. That is awesome. So I would say, you know, what brought you to Dark Station, but I think <laughs> you, you kind of covered that in... in... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, actually. So, so at what point did Joel send you an email and say that yeah. he wanted you to write for the website? Yeah, so what, at what point did he hit you up on GameFAQs or Giant Bomb to uh, <laughs> see if you wanted to join? No, I mean, I uh, I guess we do have a couple people that have joined, actually, by just contacting me and seeing if they could join. But uh, very similar reason to most people. I was writing reviews for other places, um, just trying to get my name out there and... Um, was able to get Dark Station on Metacritic and game rankings, which helped out a ton with getting other people to join us up too. And uh, the rest is history. It's uh, it's been a long but great ride. Indeed, indeed, and more to come. Hmm. More to come. Now, um, now we've covered getting into Dark Station, but how did you get yep. into video games in general? Yep. Like, what was kind of your your first experience and foray into the uh, the medium? Yeah, I would say my start was on the NES. I got that for as a Christmas present. Um, gosh, probably at about age five or six. Um, I was addicted to Super Mario Brothers 3, Contra, uh, Punch-Out, Paperboy. 
I, I was trying to find the name of this game where you actually were like a kid stockbroker. I was super into that, um, which is just a really random uh, game. Yes. So, Brian, go look that up. You'll you'll find it. I promise. I, I, yeah, I will. Hold on. Hey, okay. Keep talking. Okay. Uh, and then, obviously, I, I got to represent the sports side of things. So, I loved sports games from basically the beginning. Um, thinking of games like Blades of Steel, which is a hockey game. Um, trying to think, Bases Loaded, I believe, was the baseball game I used to play. Um, like I said, Punch Out. Wall oh Street man! Kid? Yeah, that's it. Oh my god! Doesn't I've that look never, like? Ever heard of this? Ah. Uh, <laughs> Should probably be the cover art for uh, this episode. You gotta, you gotta throw this one up there. Um, yes. Yeah, so you basically, you literally just buy and sell stocks <laughs> in a fake market. Um, that's really good. That is excellent. Yeah. Wall so, kid. That's, yeah. Use it or lose it. <clears throat> it was made by. You know what? I don't even know what that company is. Sofo. I don't. I really don't know what that is. That sounds like someone who's just making games to make to make a quick buck. But yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, when I got the NES, um, I, I got a ton of games from some cousins who didn't want to play games anymore. And so, whether <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I just had a really wide variety. I, I did love the Legend of Zelda, although I don't think I have ever beaten the original Legend of Zelda. Um, and uh, yeah, so from there, just moved on to I was I've always been kind of indifferent about which console to play on so I've had Sega consoles I've had pretty much all I think I've had all the Nintendo consoles um including handhelds throughout my life um all the PlayStations I think the only Sega console I didn't have was the Saturn um and I, I actually played a lot of. I would actually say my earliest kind of main platform was PC. So I played a lot of real-time strategy games and uh, Sim. Anything from Maxis was kind of my jam. Sure. Sim City, Sim Golf, Sim. I don't know. Now, what, Sim what, what type of? I had a lot of good ones. Sim. It did. That was a, that was a real thing. Sim. That is a real thing. <laughs> I remember renting Sim Earth from a Blockbuster. And that was a oh. real weird game. I never played Sim Earth. It was... I don't think I did either. Oh, it was... I, uh, I, I had a cousin that had the original SimCity. I played 2000, and then eventually I got 3000. Oh, uh, man. And yep. I was so disappointed because at 3000, that was the point that I realized that, like, your computer can't just magically play all PC games. <laughs> and it right. was like, like it installed... <laughs> But that game yeah. did not run like at yeah. all. It was like four frames per second, long before I knew what frames per second were. Right, uh, right. But yeah, I mean, I I think out of all of those sim games, like I, I definitely played a ton of SimCity two thousand and three thousand. But I don't think I ever got it to a point where I felt like it was a great city. I think I always got it to the point where it was good enough to destroy with the disasters. So. Um, I was, I was going to ask you, what kind of Sim City player were you? Did you actually create successful cities, or did you just use the My Cousin Vinny cheat and give yourself $500,000? God, that's a blast time. from the past. <laughs> my Cousin Vinny. Oh, my gosh, I use that all the time. Uh, yep. Yeah, no, I was I was going straight for make a cool city and destroy it. Yep, all, right. On the other hand, though, I, on Sim Golf, going back to my sports game love, because that's the only time that's going to happen on all of these 
StarCast interviews. Although Jonathan Paris last week did have at least said he liked sports games, which was nice. Uh, <laughs> and, I guess John Fisk, John Fisk goes will... up next next week, yeah. and so he'll, I'm sure he'll talk about sports things. So uh... <laughs> maybe if you let him. Sim golf though, man. Oh, I was building 18 hole courses like no one's business. Nice. Yeah, um, Sim City. I had uh, Sim City 2000. Um, I went all the way to uh, myself and my uh, best friend, Aaron. We found a hex edit code um, that we would use an early version of Norton to get into the actually, like, hexadecimal stuff. And we found if we changed one value, we could boost the money all the way to the max you could possibly have in the game, which was somewhere around, like, $2 billion. <laughs> and so we created a base save with that value, and then and just, just built whatever the hell we wanted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, I don't even know if you had to cheat, but uh, I used to play a lot of Roller Coaster Tycoon, and I think there was a sandbox mode where you just got free money. And I think I spent probably more time during one of my summers of junior high or high school doing that, just building parks with free money. Um, I really like, uh, you know, it's been a long time, but I, I used to really spend way too much time on building roller coasters and building cities and playing those sim kind of games. So um kind of feel like I should get back to that now that we talk about it. I was going to ask you, are there any sim things that you've gotten into? I know like uh, City Skylines has been pretty big with SimCity fans. So uh, I don't game on PCs anymore, which is one of the problems. They did just come out with City Skylines for the Xbox One, but that sounds terrible with a con- with a controller. Yeah, that I don't, I can't imagine that working well. I can't. I actually don't understand why they put it on there to begin with. Like, uh, it's bad enough. Uh, you got something like, or not bad, but Halo Wars Two just came out, real time strategy game. I've been playing that a little bit, and uh, I just. I'm a mouse and keyboard guy when it comes to a real-time strategy game, and that feels really weird with a controller. I don't care how great they do, which they've done a really good job of trying to map those controls to a Xbox One controller, but it's still going to be a thousand times easier to use a mouse and keyboard for that. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I the two games that come to mind would be City Skylines and uh, Planet Coaster, which I believe someone brought up recently on one of these interviews as well. Um, which is the follow-up or the spiritual successor to Roller Coaster Tycoon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's the one that's done by the people that actually made Roller Coaster Tycoon, not Correct. the continuation of the brand. Uh, no, but, not the Roller Coaster yeah. Tycoon World, which I burned pretty bad. I, I think that got one of the <laughs> lowest review scores last year of any game on Metacritic. Yeah, I, I believe you are correct there. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if it's anything like their iOS app, that does not surprise me. I think... I thought that those were, were tied together. I thought, like, the iOS... Like, there was an iOS version and a, a PC version and whatever else. I, I don't... I don't know. I just so I followed this a little too much, but I think uh, the PC version came out about a year, year and a half later. Um, and okay. I think they did do a separate version um, uh, from the iOS version. Gotcha. Uh, the they have an iOS version that's basically Roller Coaster Tycoon one or two, um, which is actually pretty good, but still touch controls not super great for any of those type of games. And then Roller Coaster Tycoon World, I believe, was a separate built game, but who knows? There could be some iOS running behind there. 
Probably. It didn't do well, so it's got really? a 43% yeah. on Metacritic. So. <laughs> I saw some ones that I remember when it came out. It only, actually, you know what? It only got eight reviews, so only eight people were brave enough to play it. The highest was a 55. The lowest was a 35. <laughs> and I think the last review says, Roller Coaster Tycoon World is a mess. Buy and play Planet Coaster instead. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Multiplayer.it. I appreciate that advice. <laughs> Will do. The weird thing, too, is, and I'll go on a quick tangent, but I buy some of these PC games in the hopes that one day I have a PC to play them. So I do own Planet Coaster, and I do own... Uh, City Skylines, but I have no means of actually playing them. Um, the hope is one day that my hard-earned money uh, went to something and I get to play them. But uh, <laughs> as at this point, I have bought those on, both on sale, and uh, I, I just look at them longingly on my Mac, thinking one day I should probably get a gaming PC again. <laughs> Maybe when they come out with Red Alert 5 or 4, I forget where we stopped on Command & Conquer, but uh, I think three. Was, I think three was the last red alert. I think so too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, cool. 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 What do you? Uh, since you're you're not currently playing any uh, strategy games, uh, <laughs> what are you currently playing? Oh man. Uh, yeah. We just moved, so this has been a hectic month too. But I've been playing a ton of sports games, which is probably no surprise to you too. Um. MLB The Show yeah. 17 just came out, so I've been playing a lot of that. Um, NBA 2K, I'm finishing up my second season of my career in uh, NBA 2K, which is going to be where I stop on that one. Um, that's going well. And then for everyone that's still with us that didn't get bored by those two games, <laughs> I uh, actually just restarted uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Which, um, restarted I, it? I did. I restarted from scratch. Okay. It just um, did you did you get through? Well, yeah, yeah, you got through it. The I first time. it. I, yeah, I so I, I I finished it. Um, but and this is something I was thinking about the last couple of weeks. Um, sometimes when you review games like that, you rush through them, and I, I really felt like I didn't get enough out of that. And I kept mm-hmm. hearing people saying how much they loved it, and um, so I went back and I started over a couple of days ago, and um. I mean, I gave it a four out of five, so it's not like I hated it. I just didn't think it added a whole bunch to open world games, which is probably my favorite genre um, mm-hmm. outside of sports games. Um, but, you know, I, I will say this. That game is freaking beautiful. As someone who's been playing a lot of uh, um, Breath of the Wild Zelda for the Switch, going from that to Horizon, boy, I know pixels aren't everything, but man, that game's pretty. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn a lot. Yeah, they do a lot with a lot of those pixels. So uh, it's a beautiful game. And it, actually, what spurred me to go back and play it was I uh, listened on Spotify to a video game stream of just video game music, and the the main theme from Horizon Zero Dawn came up. That's got that game's got a great score. That's yeah. an underrated so that game that I did not mention in my review, and I regret it. It's got a great I score. I don't think I've heard anybody talk about the score they should because or at least the main theme is very very good yeah i really liked it so i actually started listening to that and that actually spurred me to get back into it um i'm enjoying it i'm about 10 hours in again spending a little bit more time um with the story and the side quests because i definitely mainlined the heck out of that to get through the review because i only had it for a week or so so uh, and there's there's like there's hidden side stuff all over that map 
Like, there yeah. are little out-of-the-way, like, little tiny cities and stuff that have things that actually, like, feed into, like, the end of the main quest. Right. Um, so there's a, not to, to spoil, but there's a part at the end where everything comes together for a final attack, and you get a chance to kind of run around and uh, kind of say hello or kind of check in with everybody who you've run into. Right. And there's, like, eight side quests that actually funnel into that that a- add more people to check in with. Hmm. I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I'm uh, speaking of the side quests, I, I think that's one of the things that I regret about my review is that because I mainlined it, I like a lot of the side stuff, actually, and it's um, it's making me appreciate the world a little bit more. I think I, we all struggle. Anyone that's ever reviewed a game on a time crunch, uh, especially one that's an open-world game, you struggle with that balance of trying to figure out how much is enough before you can sit down and type up a review. And... Yep. Usually that metric is finishing the game, um, but a lot of times for the open world games, uh, you can miss stuff. And I feel like the story is really fleshed out. And this is, for better or worse, I, I mean, you can say this is bad game design, and I, I might not argue with you, but um, there's a lot of side stuff on that game that um, really helps flesh out that story quite a bit. There's a, and there's a lot of neat characters mm-hmm. that are yeah. just kind of out there in the world that you it, you just... I, I want to say there's one, like, um, once you get into the second area, um, if you go, I want to say it's, like, north instead of continuing on to, like, the Sun Kingdom. Right. Um, there's, like, the, the there's this area where you meet this chick who's building a, like, set of cannons. Okay. And she is one of the coolest people in the game, and there is no breadcrumb, there is nothing that leads you up there outside of curiosity. Okay, Yeah. And that is yeah. both like that's that's super neat, but at the same time, like wow, for real, nothing. Yeah, and so like that that's okay, and I, I guess I'll get into my quick Breath of the Wild rant, um, which I wish I was higher on that game. Um, that whole game is a lot of cool stuff with no breadcrumbs. <laughs> it's it's completely up to you to go find out what you want to go find out in that game. And I struggle with that, and I, I, I'm not sure that's the game design for me. Like, I, I like a little bit more structure in my game, and that's why I still feel okay about my score with Horizon, but maybe I want to add an extra half star on there, because it's such a great game. Like, I, I go back and forth on that one quite a bit. That's one of the few reviews that I've thought a lot about after I submitted, like, man, was my headspace not with it? Like, was I a little too harsh on that game? Because now I'm looking at Breath of the Wild and seeing everyone, including our own website, giving it perfect scores. And it's not really the game. I, I It's not really my jam, um, where Horizon I'm going back to, which is something I don't usually do and plan it again. Nice. I, I feel like any game that I've reviewed under, like, a big crunch, I question my review after the fact, just because of the nature of it and, like, kind of once you have more time to even just think about it like you 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 process the game so quickly and then you process your thoughts about the game so quickly that you don't often have a lot of time to reflect um and have some space on it yeah i, I will say as someone who does listen to, it's funny because we we've done what probably 10 of these interviews now and uh, you notice that some have listened to our interviews and some haven't but like <laughs> i've been listening to all of them and someone brought up watchdogs and i'm like that is that is a game that people have always told me i've rated too highly <laughs> and I, I still stick to that review like i really really liked watchdogs one i, I really liked watchdogs two too but i 
I really think Watch Dogs 1 is an un, uh, an underrated game. Uh, and I stick to that review, and that's one I had also a huge time crunch on. And mm-hmm. um, I, I actually came out a little higher on that than most, uh, or a lot higher than that than most. Um, but this is, I, I would say for me, Jonathan, Horizon Zero Dawn is one of the few games that I've really taken a long time and a lot of long commutes back home from work thinking about, like, huh, wonder if I could take that one back. <laughs> I wonder if I could go into the back end, ask Metacritic to change my review, you know, go through that uh, shady process of, hey, that was a mistake, you know, my bad. So it was a provisional <laughs> score, yeah, okay? Exactly. There you go. <laughs> it was what subject was to my second playthrough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Six months later. <laughs> That's okay, right? No one's going to notice. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll make me feel better. Help me uh, sleep at night or pay attention to driving home, I guess. Uh, the the main one that I, I regret, just because uh, the uh, fourth Thief game that came out a couple of years ago, uh, I we got the code for that on, like, Friday night, and the mm-hmm. review was due Monday morning, and it was, like, a 15-hour game. Um, yeah, I... I gave it too high of a score. I I I don't think I have any that I regret doing. Um, there are some that I, I I look back like I was just recently doing the um, uh, the Elder Scrolls Online the preview for their new expansion, and I actually went back and read my old review beforehand, and I was like, no, you know what? I totally agree with all of this. And and maybe it was half a point too high that I gave it, and I gave it like a two point five. Right. <laughs> right. There are there very like most of the time when I'm going back to something, I'm like, oh okay, you know, I kind of see the stuff I like. I, I I think I said to Lisa like after the first hour, I was like, you know what, I know exactly why I didn't like this the last time, and it's still the same way. Hour. Right. That was like ten. Minutes. Ten minutes apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's very fast. It's bad when you have a fact checker right behind you. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she, she Brian mind, can't like, lie on the podcast. Like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Lisa saying, "Nope, nope, nope." <laughs> Not true, Brian. <laughs> so you mentioned that uh, sports um, and strategy games are, are two of your your favorites, and open world games. Uh, yeah. But what are what are genres or, or things that you tend to s- stay away from? Can I make this answer really easy? Yeah. Anything you like. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, uh, uh, I have yet to find a Bioware game tr- I really enjoy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, RPGs is something I, I would say I've... It's funny. I, I will say my gut answer is usually RPGs. But then I look at all the sports games I play, and basically, if you look at my career in NBA 2K, I'm literally just adding experience points. Um, And if you look at any sports game, really, they're basically just RPGs at this point, and any action game um, is an RPG at this point. What is an RPG anymore? Uh, We we had a whole podcast about that. And the the, the points you're adding in, yeah, that stuff's all all super nuts. Forza Horizon is an RPG, we determined. Yes, oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I, I would say the other 
The only genre that I really would stay away from completely would be puzzle games. I've just never been into anything that's got a ton of puzzles in them um, or strictly puzzle games. So things like The Witness just scare me, um, and I have no desire to do that. So um, I finally played The Witness um, yeah. recently, and I, I'd been just like completia, completia, that's not a word, complete media. Completia. There we go. That's I combined two words there. Complete media blackout on that game because okay. I loved Braid, and you know, way back when The Witness was announced, I was like, I don't need to know anything about this. I'm going to get it. And then it came out, and I, I didn't get it, and I finally got it sometime this year, and I played it, and I was like, wait, these are just line puzzles? I This is not oh, really. You didn't know that going in? No. Like complete, no. complete blackout? Wow. Yeah. No, I was like, this is this is not at all what I want. And so I, pl- I played through like four puzzles, and I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm done." <laughs> right. The only I think the only time I like puzzle games is when they're on my phone, and I need yeah. to burn like three minutes, and it's <laughs> right. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Those yeah, those don't interest me. Fighting games mm, after yeah. the SNES, I kind of dropped off Street Fighter and those kind of things. Um, although I played a ton of them before that. Uh, fighting games are out. Um, I think that's about it. I like racing games quite a bit. Uh, or not quite a bit, but I definitely like a good arcade racer. So like for Forza Horizon, the game you just brought up. I really like those games, especially the last one. Um, yeah, I, I tend to stay away, though, from very uh, JRPGs. I don't think I've ever played a JRPG I've really cared for that I can remember. Uh, yeah, uh, anything with the turn-based battle system I kind of struggle with. I think the only game I've actually really loved that was a turn-based was um, Child of Light. But that was kind of like a light version of that. Sure. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, especially the, the pure JRPG stuff. I mean, that is something where if you are not uh, naturally kind of inclined for that kind of thing, it, that is a an extremely tough nut to crack. Right. I, I mean, I... I, I and, and just kind of stay there. I hear everyone loving Persona 5, and that always makes me curious. Like, I am not one that says, like, I won't play a game. Um, in fact, I like... I, I, I've been actually... It's funny. I, I say I've been playing a ton of sports games, but I've kind of been chiding myself because I've gotten into this kind of... I don't know if it's a bad routine or just a routine, but I've been playing, you know, a game or two of MLB The Show and then a game or two of NBA 2K, and then the day's over, and I'm starting over and going to work the next day, and I realize, like, hey, I'm not really getting out of my comfort zone, so I've been trying to push myself to... Um, play different things so I just picked up and I have not started but I uh, bought today the um, Edith Finch game which looks really interesting oh yeah it does look um, interesting and, and I'm trying and I always do I, I go through ebbs and flows with this but I, I do try to get out of my normal games I I did play um, I, I said I wasn't going to do this but I did play two hours I think of Mass Effect Andromeda which is totally not a game I should have played no. um but this was pre-reviews. This was on EA Access, so I didn't know any better. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly do try to get out of there, and I I try to listen to a lot of the guys on the site and um, see what's cool and what's different out there um, and stay try to stay not just in my lane but check other stuff out. But I'd say JRPGs and puzzle games are probably the ones that I tend to stay away from the most. Okay. That's fair. That's interesting. Um, even though our favorite games do not overlap at all, uh, our yeah. least favorite games actually do kind of overlap. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think especially fighting games, uh, JRPGs. I feel like it, I could get into one of those. Um, 
I've played games for hundreds of hours before, World of Warcraft being like one of those games and EverQuest being one of those games where I've put in more hours than I care to ever think about. But um, I just there's something about those games that I've just yet yet to crack. Like I, I watch people play Final Fantasy and I'm like, nope, no, that doesn't interest me at all. That looks absolutely ridiculous. It's Maybe it's just something to do with the Japanese style of humor that I just don't connect with. And then on fighting games, they're just too hard for me. Like, I, outside of playing them by myself, like, I could never play anyone else in a fighting game and feel at all competent. Hmm. Yeah. Whereas if anyone wants to challenge me in a game of NBA 2K, bring it on. <laughs> I will totally uh, probably hold my own and lose, but still feel, <laughs> still feel pretty good that at least I held my own. Nice. Well, are there um, are there any underappreciated games that you like to uh, champion? Whether they're just they're underrated or not well known, or games that you're just a really big fan of and think other people should play. So I'm probably going to bring this up multiple times, but can we please get some tennis video games back, please? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I haven't been on the podcast in six months, so I feel like I haven't been able to say this. But like, you, you, need, to, you need to make up for the lost time. It's it's okay. Yeah, no. It's... Top Spin Four was like one of the best sports games ever made, and literally, we have heard nothing from 2K Sports, EA Sports, any sports publisher or developer. They need to bring back some tennis games because really, that's where it all started with Pong. So come on, can we get back to our roots? Um, yeah, I would say Top Spin's probably one of those ones that I think about quite a bit. Um, the other one I, I think I, I was thinking about on one of the recent uh, when I was listening to one of the recent uh, episodes, it was a game called Psyops. I don't know if oh, you guys yeah. ever played this game. Yeah. Uh, I did the not. Mind. I, I played it, but I've heard it. I think I watched uh, it was, a video where people were playing it. You know, I think if I played it now, I'd probably hate it. But <laughs> my, my recollection of this game is super, super positive. It was one where you could uh, kind of, I think you could take over different powers and like control different people, and uh, it was a pretty straightforward third-person action game but um i loved that game and i don't i don't remember anyone ever talking about it or ever getting talks of a sequel but uh that is one i just have a very fond memory of that was um as tends to happen sometimes that was one of those games where there were two games that were released that were weirdly similar um because along with that was a game from um the uh the time splitters guys and I'm I'm actually blanking on the name of that game right now. Uh but I I went with the time splitters pedigree cuz I think Psyops was midway so who it was, knows it was yeah who knows where that has landed now. Well sure. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure uh THQ Nordic has it somehow. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like, because they just buy everything of old franchises that no one thought would ever come back. But, um, yeah, I just have this really fond memory of PsyOps. Yeah. And, uh, 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 Second Sight is the, uh, the Free Radical joint that was very similar in that you had, you had, like, telekinesis and you could, like, take over people and, you know, use them as your, your puppet or whatnot. Um, it got what into was... like a weird time cop um, yeah. ending, though. It was it was bizarre. <laughs> what was the uh, infamous knockoff from Activision? That was uh, the one that was a uh... prototype. Yeah. Prototype. Yes, yeah. I think there was a second one that there I was. really really liked. There was a second yeah. prototype. There was a second yeah. one, and it wasn't exact. 
it wasn't that it was a knockout. It's just that they came out at the same time, and Prototype was like kind of it was a lot more like the old um, Incredible Hulk games. Um, in the way that the dude would run around and kind of so punch up and run I'm up buildings. I'm pretty sure that Prototype was actually made by the guys that made the Incredible Hulk game for, like, the, the Xbox and GameCube and stuff. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, I so think is, that is that actually the case. Screen, that control scheme was almost... I remember bringing oh, that God, home. that thing was bonkers. Like, I rented it, and that control scheme was totally out of control. You had to hold down, like, four buttons, and I'm like, yeah, this feels just like the Incredible Hulk. And then the dude started... Like, I normally don't have a problem with this, but uh, Aiden, who's my oldest, was six at the time. And that dude just started cursing up a storm. And I was like, you know what? I'm turning this off and go. I'm going to sure. go return this to the store. <laughs> I can't play this right now. <laughs> Wait, there's a store to return it to? Man, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a blockbuster rental. I know, I know. Yeah. Oh, man. There's totally <laughs> a store to return it to. Yeah. No, I, uh, I remember back in the day doing, they used to do these summer game rental things where you got unlimited rentals for 30 days or something. And I oh, would get yeah. yeah, blockbuster yeah. every single day. <laughs> to write anything. I feel like I played every Dynasty Warriors game ever made during that summer. <laughs> this is uh, this would be PS2 era uh, games, so... Man, that's... I think I played just enough of every Dynasty Warriors game to know that every Dynasty Warriors game is basically the same Dynasty Warriors game. Oh... <laughs> uh... I've never, I just never played one. Of those. Uh, those used to be like those boxes, though, man. They they sold you with those Dynasty Warrior games. Yeah. Yeah. And then they got Extreme. Mm. Dynasty Warriors Extreme. Like, yeah. Do they it's... ride skateboards and stuff? No, it was Dynasty yeah. Warriors start with an X too. I think oh. I remember. Play, that's, playing that's like them with extreme. other people who are very into it is a very different experience. Okay. Um, like, uh, with, for, How do you there get was really a, into those? There was a while where I, I want the uh, my group of friends, like my my kind of gaming buddies um, that we were hanging out with. Um, one of them had brought a, I want to say it was like Dynasty Warriors three, and the fact that you could run through and like decimate entire armies with one person was fantastic for like 20 year old me <clears throat> so like yeah and like being I able to do that. So strategy. We had, yeah we, we would figure out you know like okay well you know if we take this person we could do all this and i want to say there was like one summer where that was what we did and it was great and then after that i i can't even like it i want to say the last one of those i played was, was the one piece um, that was a, that that kind of Uso game, and right. it it's so hard to get back into without a good uh, a better reason than I just want to like slaughter all of these things and hit X a lot hit X all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like X and circle and all that. Yeah, yep. roll slice, roll slice. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, nice. I don't know where that's Jonathan, but there you go. I don't. I, there's there's no transition from that. That's just okay. That's, <laughs> uh, I will say that I, I miss I miss uh, Blockbuster a lot. It's still kind of makes me sad that they're gone. There was that awesome YouTube video like a year or two ago where like the guy goes into this abandoned quote unquote abandoned Blockbuster. 
Did you guys ever see that? I don't think so. And, like, and there's like um, video still there, and there's still game rentals, and like everything like basically hasn't been touched. And then you realize, oh wait, there are still a couple of blockbusters still open. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm not sure if like, yeah. Um, let me see if I can. I'll, I'll find it, and you can throw it in the show notes. But um, yeah, there are. I, I mean, this was two or three years ago, but it was just. Just watching this video of like him walking up and down Blockbuster aisles, I was like, oh my gosh, I spent like every day there during the summer. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, totally. I, I, I had a girlfriend that worked at one, and so I was there almost every day during one summer, and that was like, I got free stuff. I got I, all like free movies, all kinds of stuff. That was, I, I loved like That's why they went down, as a Ryan. teenager. Yeah, totally. You're the, you're was, the reason. I'm the Blockbuster. Reason. <laughs> I, I will, yes, I, I'll, I'll carry that burden. That's fine. <laughs> But yeah, no, like Blockbuster, having a Blockbuster as close as I did as a teenager where I could literally just go through and like pick movies and watch them during the summer um, was fantastic for just like the amount of, of stuff I consumed. When when uh, me and Lisa started dating, uh, we had a uh, an account with Blockbuster where they were running a program where you could check out like two movies at a time and there yep. weren't any late fees on it. You paid monthly. And that, honestly, that's probably what probably Yeah, no, I mean, it was a lot of those kind of deals. I, I mean, when I met wife, my wife, too, it was, yeah, well, too. But when I met my wife, I think I was also still doing the game every day sort of thing. So I knew if she was okay with that, she was worth keeping around. So she would join me on my video game trips to Blockbuster. Uh, one of my favorite, okay, going back to tennis games real quick aside, uh, one of my favorite memories growing up was uh Virtual Tennis 2 was coming out, and I was just so freaking excited about that game that my little brother, who's uh, five years younger than me, I told him every day to call Blockbuster and ask if they had Virtual Tennis 2. And I think it took about six months for them to get one copy of that game in. And uh, the lady, when it finally came in, said, yeah, kid, you can finally come get your game. <laughs> and we, like, begged. <laughs> we it's begged. here, kid. Yeah, just stop calling, please. You can just have it. Oh my just god, we got it. this tennis game. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. You could be playing all of these great games, but you want this crappy arcade game from Sega that they put out on a PlayStation 2 that's a terrible port of their Dreamcast I version. But... I did kind of the same thing for um, a Nintendo 64. No, it was a PlayStation copy of Ogre Battle. Okay. And I probably spent a good three weeks like calling the blockbuster by my house <laughs> daily to see if the person who had it had returned it <laughs> yep yeah exactly because <laughs> they had the box there so it wasn't like i was waiting on it to order no i needed that person to freaking bring it back so i could rent it again sure i'm not, I'm not sore about that anymore That's... <laughs> i'm a grown adult now i don't i don't <laughs> Now we just now we just hit F five on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. true. Or just pre order it two years before its release when it's announced. And yeah, then sure. Just wait, and then you know, one Tuesday it just shows up in your your mailbox. It's pretty nice, actually, when you think about it. <laughs> it is pretty nice. I'm not gonna. I can't really. I can complain about Blockbuster being gone, but I can't really complain about. Uh, right what Amazon has done to my life. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, Brian, you ready to, uh, to jump into the in game prime? Yeah, totally. We can do all that. Right. So Joel, 
Yes, sir. I'm I'm not gonna you know what this is. You know I, I do. I do. You have you as the probably the first person who has listened to all of these. <laughs> I have listened, I don't know you, if I can say all well, I've listened to all the interviews that we've done for Dark Station. I think I've listened to ninety eight percent of the interviews we've done. I think okay. I've missed one or two, but I miss I've listened fair. to a lot. So I've got I've gotten a lot. Yeah, well, I, well, I can tell you, you know, since you're the only one who's actually come to the end of this semi-prepared, um, the, the, none of the questions have changed. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, ready, ready. We're still ready, and I, right. I will still pretend that all of these are very tough questions. That the very tough questions and coming off the top of your head. Yes. Um, sure. So first, down right in front of me. That's right. Uh, first question: um, Who is your favorite video game protagonist? So the answers are not written right in front of me. I do want to make that clear. <laughs> I do want to keep some spontaneity, but um, even after, you know, and see, I can reference back to interviews too, but even after Jonathan Paris, the two Jonathans had <laughs> last week and nailed Nathan Drake as, not, as being an overrated character, Nathan Drake is actually my favorite character. Oh, uh, was that burning you up? It was a little bit. You know, I yell at my radio like I'm, <laughs> listening to Rush Limbaugh. Like, I'm like, no, Jonathan, you can't have the podcast anymore. We can't do more Witcher talk. <laughs> oh, it, it does. It brings me great joy um, imagining you yelling at your, like, car stereo. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. It's real. I do yell at the radio. I'm, I'm like, no, no I'm, I'm, I know that. Like, it, not just imagining it, but knowing that my imagination is true, true. in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I love Nathan Drake. I think he's an amazing character. I think he is literally the video game protagonist that video games have needed for so long. Uh, although he's based off so many movie protagonists, um, I absolutely love Nathan Drake. I love the banter of Nathan Drake. Um, I like the swagger of Nathan Drake, and everything about Uncharted 4 made me just uh, solidify my uh, love for Nathan Drake. So yeah, favorite protagonist. Hey, I'm, I'm with you on four. Uh, Michael Hoover and Alan Kessinger are wrong. Four is just amazing. Yep. Agreed. I, I love four. Um, you know, I going back to one is, <laughs> is tough though. I, I fully admit that that first game had its, had its problems for its time. It was great, but it is not a game that holds up very well. I haven't played four yet, so I can't, Sorry. But of the original three, I am definitely a, a two sure. favoritist. Oh, I, I think my list would go two, four, three, one. Yeah, two is uh, two is simply like transformative for me as far as like yeah. a third person shooter goes. Mine just yeah, goes I in mean, reverse chronological order. Yeah, from four, favorite three, to one's favorite. Yep. Um, I will say uh, that's another. First off, that's another game that's got an amazing score. I could listen to that all the time. Um, but I guess my second answer there would be um, Ezio. Although, mm-hmm. if you go back to those games, too, he's not a really well-fleshed-out character. I think I just liked the setting in those games a lot. But, like, unlike Nathan Drake, who's kind of got a beginning, middle, and end that they end up fleshing out over four games, Ezio, not so much. But I, I do have a huge fondness for... I can't believe we're about an hour in. It's the first time I mentioned Assassin's they Creed. Don't, that is they true. don't really yeah. flesh him out, but at the same time, um, because you're kind of there almost literally from his moment of birth yeah. until like all the way at the end, he forms a really nice entryway for people into mm-hmm. that particular world and conflict, uh, which is why I found it jarring when, like, for Assassin's Creed 3, when we had to deal with Connor, and it was like, oh, we have to do this all over again. 
and he's kind of not as great as Ezio was. Right. So that's... But yeah, no, I, I definitely can see why... Yeah, and I don't. Like that. I don't think they ever got back to Ezio level until Assassin's Creed Syndicate um, with Jake and Evie Fry. Those are two great characters, and if you've not played Assassin's Creed Syndicate but liked any Assassin's Creed game, I'm sure it's like ten bucks now, and you should totally go play that game. Terrible side story. Uh, one of the women I work with at work, um, she games also, and she came in. I want to say it was Monday morning, and she goes, "Oh my God, Brian, I got my next Assassin's Creed game." And I said, "Oh, what you get?" She goes, "I bought Unity." And I was like, you poor thing, I'm sorry. <laughs> you spent more than $2 on that game, because that game often retails for like 2 bucks on yeah. slick deals okay. and stuff. Uh, Apparently you, you, she found it like used at a GameStop for like 10 bucks. Okay, that's yeah. still probably too much, but yeah. That you probably... <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, get back, back, back to the end yeah. game. Yeah, keep going. Um, so we're flipping the coin. Favorite antagonist, go. You know what's funny? I, I, I've listened... You guys have done, what, probably 200 interviews? No one ever has a really good antagonist on the top of their head, and I really think there's just a lack of good antagonists. I, I, yes, the one there I'm absolutely back are. to is Voss from Far Cry 3, but mm-hmm. he's more of a character caricature of an antagonist than he is really an antagonist. Uh, but I, I have fond memories of Far Cry 3, and I think he is a fantastic bad guy. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was great, um, and especially for the period he was there. Yeah. Um, I think uh, something you can say the same thing about uh, the, what's his name, uh, Pagan Min from Four, like that. That just another great presence that just is kind of underutilized through the whole thing. Sure. Yeah, and they, yeah, they didn't. I think they do even worse with Pagan Min than they did with Voss. So yeah, um, but it's it's interesting. It's one of those things where I feel like we should at the. I, I always think about this. I'm like. Why can't we get antagonist right? And it, it's the whole idea of just having one bad guy seems really hard to actually pull off. Um, so I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I would go boss. He's one that I always think about when you ask that question. So fair enough. All right, so now we go on to question three. We start adding stuff here. Do um, favorite side character, favorite party member, somebody other than the the character you are playing. Okay, so uh, my initial answer, but I, I, I don't want to be boring, but I, I'd go Sully. That's my gut. Would always be Sully. I, I love Uncharted, so hard not to go with Sully there. Um, I will take a little step back and give you a different answer, though, because that's kind of boring. But I really like Bentley from the Sly Cooper games. Bentley! He is, yes! He is Turtle uh, from uh, the Sly Cooper games. Yep. Okay. Awesome wheelchair. He is the brains of the group easily. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, Bentley totally carries it. And I think uh, I, while I like Murray, uh, Bentley is a far better character than Murray. 100%. <laughs> I like Murray. Murray's great for in small doses. Yep. Too much Murray. Just I think, and they did that a little bit. I think it was like three where you get too much Murray. Yes. Uh, kind of linked in heavy on Murray. But uh, Bentley is always, always yeah, good. Yeah, I was, I was very happy that when they eventually did four that they kind of reined Murray back in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, there was way, way too much Murray in Sly 3. Yep. It's almost like uh, in the Hangover movies where, like, the first one, you got a little bit of Zach Galifianakis, but, like, in 2 and 3, it was basically a Zach Galifianakis movie. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah. Three was, 3 was absolutely, like, down to the fact where they gave him, like, a love interest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, question number four. Uh, if you had to leave a character uh, to die a horrible, painful death on a on a planet, 
we'll take Chewie's death, for instance. Let's say a moon was dropped on this person. All right. What what person would that be? Geralt from The Witcher. Geralt, I should say. No, I'm kidding. Uh, That was just for Jonathan. The podcast is over now. (laughs) Sorry. This episode will never be aired. Actually, I think you'll agree with this, Jonathan. Lost lost (laughs) episode of The Dark. Yeah, yeah. My my real answer is Desmond Miles from Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I think I'm I'm agree with that. that. <laughs> yeah, I figured you would be. With that. <laughs> I, I always think about my like least favorite parts of video games, and I always think like, man, if they just got rid of Desmond from Assassin's Creed, how great would those games be? <laughs> you know, I, I'm 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 always disappointed at, at Desmond because I remember actually really enjoying the stuff, at, like the the current time stuff in the original Assassin's Creed, because there there wasn't really anything into it. You basically walked up to uh, Kristen Bell's character and pressed a button to talk with her and then you like went to sleep and then you started your next Altair missions. Um, yeah. So you weren't actually playing as him. There, there wasn't all that much plot, but it just built up intrigue. And then at the very end of the game, you get your like, you know, crazy blood eagle vision thing and you realize that the there's been other people in this cell and they've been like scrawling all over the wall the secrets of the universe. And I just remember being like, oh my God, this could go so many places. Right. Yeah. I think every aliens. review I've written yeah. for Assassin's Creed has said, man, if they could only do something with the current day stuff. Right. Um, Which yeah, I, no, I think I, the thing to do is to, to not stop do it. doing it. Yeah, and they pretty much did that with the more re- like syndicate there's a little bit of it and it's still terrible but like it's so minuscule that it's almost a mini game uh, but it's even crazier with desmond um as a character you just think about yeah. like that it's voiced by nolan north and you're like how could that be bad come on it's nolan north <laughs> and it's terrible it's so bad Not a fan. yeah so you can that's, leave him you can smush good. him from a moon landing on him that's fine him <laughs> and uh gerald that that'd be great thanks Next question. <laughs> I I enjoyed Desmond until the end of Brotherhood when he randomly stabbed Kristen Bell's character on account of she was suddenly a Templar. And I was like, oh, yeah. Wait a second. Oh, like, yeah. Like, when did Man, this happen? <laughs> okay, so also the worst part of Assassin's Okay, so like, I, I don't think I've really professed my love for Assassin's Creed on this episode, but like, I love those games. But oh my gosh, are some of the story beats terrible in that game? And that, that is one of those ones that like stands out as bad, bad, bad. And that's but. like, that's just one of those plot twists that, you know, they came up with to have a plot twist. Because she's instrumental in you getting out at the beginning of Assassin's Creed 2. So she's like, if, she's a, if, she's, if she's secretly a Templar pretending to be an assassin, pretending to be a Templar, she could have ended it much sooner. <laughs> right? Like, she's, she's kind terrible of at her job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's almost one of those plot twists, too, where you could kind of see them in a conference room being, like, high-fiving each other. Like, yeah, we did it. No one's going to expect this Nobody's, one. And yeah. then, like, you watch it, and you're like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> this is really bad, guys. It's kind of like the end of, uh, actually, at the end of all Assassin's Creed games where they start to get into the higher lore, and you're like, no, you know, it's okay. Just take me back to Italy. Right. <laughs> Could you just throw me back in the streets of Rome, please? Because this is terrible. Yeah, I have, I have, I have more feathers to collect. I, I don't have yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Other garbage to throw it out here. I'll even go to multiplayer if you make me. Just don't don't make me sit through this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh man, 
Yeah, God, I, exactly. I haven't thought about that part of Assassin's Creed in a long time, and it kind of hurts yeah, to do let's so. Move yeah, yeah, let's move on from that, because <laughs> I really hope they make a great Assassin's Creed game this year. I really do. Hey, they, maybe. Let's, let's, they had some time off, and I'm hoping that's what they needed. Yep. Yeah, to get, a, get a good kind of refresher, get some uh, get some like wind under your wings. Let's carry through. Uh, next question. All right, we're moving on past the characters. We've reached the uh, the thick middle of the uh, the end game prime. Uh, trends in video games. Small things we want to be bigger. Things we see starting that we we, we can't wait to see go forward. What, what are your thoughts? So, you know, I, I go back and forth on this, but I, I'm fine if we continue the trend or maybe even continue to improve the trend. But I, I'm I'm really loving the trend of open world games. I think I'm the only one that will ever say that on this show for as long as we do this show. But I, give I think we've had at least two games. people um, put that as the a opposite. trope that they want. Yeah, to yeah. Stop. no, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I just, you know, there's something about collecting crap in open worlds that just hits that itch for me that's just bliss so um that is something that i would love to see keep going the other thing is um jonathan and i have disagreed on this one quite a bit uh i think every game should have the nemesis system of some sort uh from shadows of mordor which basically just means people remember what you actually there's actually implications for what you do in the world at all times and i think there are implications of that um Sports games could use it, uh, which they've tried to a little bit. But like remembering what you're doing and having that influence the the future is such a simple idea, but such a cool idea when done well. And um, and, and I think more she... than just a NPC going, oh, that guy yeah. did this. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And and I, actually, I... making um, some tangible differences in the way the game plays because of stuff you've done is really cool. So just just to be clear, I don't have a problem with the Nemesis system. I just don't think the implementation of it in Shadow of Mordor was as good as people say. I think I okay, so agree a little bit in that yes, there could have been better implementation, but the fact that no game has done it since That's mind blowing. Mind boggling. Yeah. Yes. So so give me more of that sure. in an open world please, and I will pay you money. I were about to see if they could do an even better job because the, yeah. the new sequel's coming out this year. So Yep, can't wait. So flipping the coin, tropes, Joel, bad things, yep. things we bad want to things. see go away. Obviously, uh, it's not open world stuff. <laughs> I would like to see the lull of no tennis games come to an end. <laughs> that is the ultimate trope that needs to stop, the yeah. lack of tennis games. That and the lack of uh, Command and Conquer games. Hmm. I'd like to see that trope end as well. I, I would actually like to see, a, uh, in all seriousness, I would like to see uh, a resurgence of real-time strategy games. Um, and, and I'm thinking more of, uh, I was going to say Assassin's Creed, Age of Empires and Command & Conquer, two things that come to mind. Um, the other thing that I actually would love to see go away, uh, I forget who said this in a recent episode, but I am totally not for season passes. I think they're ridiculous. Sell me an expansion pack. I'm okay with that, but like selling me a $50 season pass just doesn't make sense. I, I would much rather go back to the old days of PC games where um, six, nine months later, you come out with an expansion pack and it's a separate piece of content and it's just standalone and I don't need to pay $50. Um, just the fact that they throw so much crap into season passes and 
kind of it feels a little bloatware-ish. Um, I'm I'm also a big fan of the way that um, like uh, who is it? The guys that do Titanfall, um, mm-hmm. the way they do they do it, where they're um, all their maps uh, and everything like that, everything that keeps people playing together, that's all free. Um, right. The only stuff they charge for is like cosmetic stuff. Yep. Um, and if you you know if people want to go down that route, I am all for that because I will keep playing the game, and then that that gives me the freedom to decide if I want something or not. Instead of being forced into a situation where it's like, well, if I'm going to keep playing this with my friends, um, I obviously need to buy this. Right. No, 100% agreed. Yeah, no, I think a game's like, I, I mean, Blizzard probably makes millions of dollars a day on like games like Heroes of the Storm, where the game's absolutely free, and the only thing that you can buy is cosmetic stuff, and I find that to be far less egregious than yeah. someone selling me... Uh, even even like, I don't... I don't like the pricing of it all the time, and I sure. wish that there were ways that they could kind of give away more stuff. Um, but Hearthstone, um, their card game, that is all. That is completely predicated on buying packs of cards, of digital cards. Yep. 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 But but you don't. I mean, you can actually grind those out too, which is fun. you absolutely. And which is which is what I do. Except the the only time that I've ever made an exception for that is uh, um, with some of the like single player adventures that they put out. Um, which come with um, like guaranteed sets of cards, right. so like everybody gets the same thing, and they'll charge like twenty bucks for that adventure set, and everybody gets those. Um, but like all the ones where it's like, hey, you know, we got a new expansion coming out, and you can pay forty nine dollars for that. Nope, sorry, I I'll save up gold and just buy cards that way. Yeah, uh, there's another thing that came to mind that I've yelled at the radio a couple times. Hey, how come no one's made a pirate game after Assassin's Creed Four? That's true. Yeah, why has no one made a pirate game? That is a great Ubisoft, question. you've made yeah. a lot of crappy games. Yep. Can we make a pirate game? You made a great one. Can we make a better one? <laughs> like, just a pirate pirate game where I don't have they, to go? They had they had the one that they showed at E3 the one time, the Pirates of the Caribbean game, that looked, oh, yeah, it was right. like the, Lords of the Ar- Deep or something. Uh, totally uh, got canceled. Uh, uh, Armada of the Damned. Yeah, Armada of the Damned, yes. Yeah, that looked amazing and then disappeared forever. And now we have... Now all we have is uh, Sea of Thieves, Ugh, man. which no, I don't want to yeah. play because no, I don't I mean to have to play with other people. Forget that. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't yeah, do no that. Thanks. Nope, 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 nope. People, nope. That's why I play video games, not to play with people. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I mean, like, it. that system in Assassin's Creed 4 works so well. I, I still do not understand yeah. why they have not just expanded that and made it in a full-fledged, like, cool pirate game like without Assassin's Creed I think that could yeah. be a huge hit and I mean just like any game where you collect shanties is yeah. like that's guaranteed Jonathan they money? have some sort of questionnaire a couple of years ago asking just about a pirate game yes they did okay yeah but where they also they also ask every single uh, for the last couple of Assassin's Creed games they ask if you liked the mission or not so I don't think they're listening <laughs> yeah right uh, yeah. I don't think they're listening. <laughs> did I have to sneak through? Did I have to follow somebody outside of the circle? Yeah. No, I no. did not like this. Yeah. That was okay. So, so going back to Black Flag uh, for just a moment. Yeah, uh, there have been some egregious stealth missions in Assassin's Creed game games, but that one where you had to stealth row your boat—that was stupid. That was stupid. Yes. That yeah. like that was insanity, right? That is the definition of insanity, right there. Yep, that was hundred <laughs> percent agree. Yeah, so no, weird. I mean, it's funny. The parts of Assassin's Creed Four that were Assassin's Creed were probably the worst parts. So, yes. um, man, I, I, I am I'm even looking at these screenshots of uh, Armada of the Damned, and that looks fantastic. 
I want. I, I mean, a pirate game seems like a no-brainer. So let's let's do that. Well, it's like, how do we not have more ninja games out there? Like that's, that's true. There are these popular things that just seems like they would make money and tennis, for example. We got Mark of the Ninja in there. They were like, all right, I guess we don't need to do this anymore. We can't outdo this. Stop the ninja games. <laughs> this, this 2D, yeah. Uh, Let's do it. Like, like, the team that made Top Spin 4, they're just sitting at home right now, just staring like blankly at a wall, just going, how, how, how do I do better? How do I yeah. keep this going? See, at this point, it's been long like, enough. They don't have to outdo five, it. it. They just do it again with better graphics. That's it. Like, it's that or just enough. make... I, I literally, I mean, to give some clarity to anyone that's still listening but I, I bought a playstation 3 so i could go back and replay top spin 4 because i had such a longing to go play that game again so um i also needed a blu-ray player so it, it worked for two things but um yeah I, I, 2k check actually is the ones that made top spin and they worked on Ma- mafia 3 so i don't think i'm getting a tennis game from them anytime soon probably not they could have thrown a tennis game within Mafia. That would have been cool. Grand Theft Auto had one. Yeah, that's it was true. terrible. But oh well. Uh... Next question, Joel. If you could be, if you could pick any profession, yeah, anything, what would your dream? What would your dream job be? Honestly, doing Dark Station full time. Not even full-time. joking. If I could do that full time and make a decent living, I that would be a dream come true. easiest question you could ask me Brian right. <laughs> that, yeah no that, that makes makes total sense I, I I'll, you know also professional video game tennis player yes I mean yes. Honestly, <laughs> challenge me top spin four I feel very confident that I could beat you so yeah. <laughs> more matches of that than I have put more time into that game than Jonathan's probably played of Mass Effect so which is scary, actually, thinking about it, because yeah. I'm literally just playing the same game over and over again with no difference. But, oh, well, let's not, let's not think too much about that psyche. Let's, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. If you could play any game again for the first time, what would it be? That's a tough one. I didn't know that one was coming. Just, uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Zelda Ocarina, Ocarina of Time. Uh so I played that game with my brother as my strategy guide. So he would read the strategy guide and I got to play because the older brother. So I have far fonder memories of that game uh, than probably he does. Uh, but I, I, becoming older Link and, and that experience and that feeling uh, was just something I'll never forget. And now when I play Zelda games and no one wants to be my strategy guide, I feel a little lonely and a little sad. So having that <laughs> that experience again of playing Ocarina of Time, one of my favorite games, if not my favorite game of all time. Uh, so so it's, it's really, a... you don't want to just play that game over again. You just want to have your brother be your strategy guide again. You want yeah, to, to dole that, that out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because what a pain it is to bring out a strategy guide or an iPad while you're playing a game. Like if your brother can just sit there and say, hey, go left. Hey, don't go to the water temple because that place sucks. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's avoid that for as long as possible. Um, yeah, yeah honestly. Yep. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I my memories of that game are everything except the water temple because I'm pretty sure we stopped playing for a while <laughs> before we finally got through. That thing. Nice. Uh, the reverse reverse that situation, and that was what that was how uh, we did Resident Evil in my house. Okay. Um, my younger brother played that because I could not stand the tank controls. 
Uh, and yeah. he was, he, and he had, he was turned out to be very good at that. And uh, I, I worked the strategy guide for that one. So I was giving him, I was like, no, no, you got to go back here, go back this way. And he maneuvered his way through the mansion completely. And we did Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2 like that. Yeah, I think I convinced my wife, Jen, for about five minutes to be my strategy guide. And when I got frustrated that she wasn't being uh, quick enough with the strategy guide, I think we decided never to do that again. So <laughs> I, I strategy After guide, she yeah. threw it at you. It yeah. like... <laughs> I will say, if you ever want a game to uh, really test your partnership or even a friendship, play Overcooked. That game will... Uh, whew, that's some intense cooking. Okay, it's a good game. It it looks it looks like a, a lot of fun. maddening amount of fun. It is. And <laughs> a lot of pieces stuff at you, which uh, makes that game very difficult very quick. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, next question: If you could choose to forget any game you played, just get rid of that from your memory, what would it be? You know, it's not that it's a bad game. But I think the amount of time I put into EverQuest, the original, um, is okay. But the time I put into EverQuest Online Adventures for the PlayStation 2 and tried to make that a good game, I would love to forget that game because it was not (laughs) a good console game. But I was so excited to play that game on my TV that I hooked up a... uh, keyboard to my PlayStation 2 and played hours and hours. And I... Oh man, I probably put a hundred hours into that game. Um, so I, I, um, I have a number of friends who uh, played EverQuest, um, and one of them um, what played the EverQuest, uh, the the online adventure, and he swears by that one. It's really like a neutered version of yes, EverQuest. but he swears <laughs> by it. And, like, I was already a big uh, EverQuest guy before Online Adventures, but, like, the idea of me, like, hooking my console online and playing an MMO, which still really hasn't come to pass. I guess uh, Elder Scrolls is probably the only one I can think of that's, like, a big MMO on a console. But, like, that that idea was far, like, far exceeded and put my blinders on to the fact that it was not a very good game at all. Um, and I played that game for way too long. So, yeah, let me yeah, forget. Yeah, Final Fantasy eleven and fourteen. Oh, that's right. Also have a home home on consoles, and they are they're right. uh, excellent. But yeah, that EverQuest Adventures, I, I remember that one, and I, I don't know how you guys played that. I I really don't. Um, but that uh, one a regular EverQuest. Sport, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, mean, I, I, I look at some to... of the stuff for that, and, and hear some of the stories, and I'm like, no, I, I yeah, no. <laughs> it, I mean, I mean, it's 2017, and we still haven't figured out online stuff, but like. Back then, like the amount of server drops and oh, just man. crap that you had to deal with to play that game, oh man! Not to mention, like the console, didn't you have to buy an adapter to put the PS2 online? Was is that yes. a thing? Yes. Yeah, it had a network adapter. Yeah, right. it totally right. did, right. and a hard drive. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. that's what, isn't that what came with it? Wasn't EQ the one that you had to get the hard drive for? I I remember specifically that um, Final Fantasy Eleven. They had a bundle that came right. with one. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Well, so, like, all those things being combined and the fact that it was, what, 2003, uh-huh. um, which is when I first started writing about games, um, yeah, I, I just made myself love that game. <laughs> if you could get that time back. <laughs> yes, I would love to get that time back. Play more Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. 
understand. You could have figured out Lugu. I, yeah, exactly. Final question, Joel. You made it to the end. Oh, no. At the end of our lives, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, and, and poor dutiful Toad is there with the Book of Our Deeds, what would you like him to say to you before he lets you in? So I have... <sighs> I've struck, I, I got to tell you, this is the hardest question that you guys ask, and I, my initial thought is, oh, thank you for Dark Station. Um, as sappy as that is, that would be what I'd want him to say to me. Sappy's okay. You guys yeah. are yeah. <laughs> That's what I'd want him to say, because if he said anything else, I don't. I really don't know what else he would say, but people have great answers to that one. Some people fact- do. The fact that some people can come up with some pretty solid answers on the fly is great, but I, every time I hear that question, I think if I really was honest with myself, what I'd want him to say is thanks for Dark Station, because that's something I've, I and a lot of other people put a lot of time and heart and soul into, and uh, what better than the king of video games to tell me to thank me for Dark Station. <laughs> That'd be great. Now yes. I'm just picturing, like, it's actually Miyamoto in, like, a like Toad outfit. <laughs> At the front, yeah, it's absolutely king of video games. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, if it's Miyamoto, even better. Yeah, uh, yes. Literally today, to to finish this off, like I literally had a conversation with Jen today about the famous Miyamoto quote about delayed games, and like how that can be so applicable to basically anything in life. And I just think, like, hey, let's, if it's Miyamoto and Toad, let's do it. Was that Miyamoto? Because I quoted that I think in the last episode, and I was like, I don't remember who said this. <laughs> I think it was Miyamoto. Okay. What, oh, is God. what is this quote? What is this? Uh, that uh, uh, people will forgive game. it if a game is late, yeah, okay. but they'll always remember it if it's bad. Yeah. So, so a like delayed that. game is eventually good. A bad game is bad forever. That's it. Yeah. That's... And that is Miyamoto. Okay. All right, Joel. That's it. You did it. You made yes. it. I did it. You finished it. Payback tech, guys. I can't wait yep. to do this again. <laughs> and that is well, totally Miyamoto. That is that is on wiki quote. All right. All right. Fantastic. Uh, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad. Mm. Good stuff. Yep. Good stuff. Well, Joel, you can uh, you can come back in another like four years when we do meet Dark Station again. Right. Uh, or <laughs> any other time you want. I mean, it is your site. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, but thank you so much for, for sitting down with us and uh, chatting about yourself and video games. And uh, thank you listeners for listening us listening to us uh, talk about video games and Dark Station and all other kinds of fun stuff. We will return uh, soon with another episode with more conversations with our writers here on DarkStation.com. So be sure to check that out. And until then, have a good one. See you.